Welcome back to another episode of the Norwood Noise Podcast. It is Tuesday, January 24th. Getting out a little bit earlier uh, this week. Kind of a busy week of games here for Xavier, um, as well as some travel um, for the podcast itself. So, uh, anywho, we're going to get at it early this week. Um, Can I give you the update from the weekend? It was a very busy weekend. Um, great slate on Saturday, uh, and uh, a lot of big upsets over the weekend uh, and notable results so we'll get through all those here shortly um, but first of all I'm gonna turn off myself Evan Schibble of course I'm gonna turn it off to Graham Griffith Graham uh, how are you doing what's where, where kind of the feels at I mean we recorded last Thursday so we already talked um, to Paul but where do we where are we at kind of entering this uh, this gauntlet this next three for Xavier um, and, and how are you personally of course you know entering the the winter time we're getting a lot of snow here in Cincinnati which is Kind of unusual. So uh, yeah, how are the how are the vibes on that end of the table? Oh, good. Um, it's been some good throws of the season. Uh, a lot of the top teams like falling to, um, you know, these once you get to the gauntlet of the season, uh, having to play tougher conference opponents. A lot of the top ten was shaken up um, over the weekend. So a lot of interesting stuff going on there. Um, and if you're a Xavier fan, you know we kind of. Got back, got by Georgetown. You'd like for it to be a little bit of a bigger game, but in the end of the day, a win's a win. Um, and now this week is going to be uh, pretty telling of how good this team can be um, with two road games at Connecticut, at um, Creighton. And when like taking a look ahead of our schedule, we have five quad one games remaining, and two of them are this week. So this is definitely a great opportunity to uh, st- like stockpile our resume, um, and you know the best thing to do when all these top teams are dropping these games that they should be winning. Um, if you just keep going about your business and winning games, you're suddenly in the top five. I very well think that you know we could make a really significant jump um, if we can get two huge quad one games this week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, couldn't agree more. So we'll get to some more Xavier stuff kind of towards the end. Um, I think we got a couple good props to kind of propose. Um, but really briefly, let's let's hip, hop into some results last week. Thursday, we recorded earlier in the evening, um, kind of assuming that the Thursday evening slate would be pretty ho-hum. Well, uh, the Loyola Marymount Lions decided to change that. They went out and upset Gonzaga at Gonzaga. It was the sixth. Correct, correct me if I'm wrong, Graham, sixth longest home winning streak ever mm-hmm. uh, that was broken. So good on Loyola Marymount. I mean, obviously not, probably not going to be a tournament team, um, but a good fun win for them. And, uh, and yeah, you know, I, I, Gonzaga, we kind of talked about it, but Gonzaga was flirting with us a little bit. Um, 
took them till the last couple possessions to beat both Santa Clara and San Francisco um, in previous weeks. So not really all that surprised that someone finally kind of took them to the brink like this. Um, and, and good to see Loyola Marymount get it done, um, especially in the kennel. Uh, Low-key Friday, and then Saturday's slate was a pretty solid one. Um, so we'll run through that really briefly. Uh, Duke picked up a key win at home over a ranked Miami team, 68-66. Uh, Good for Duke to kind of get things back, um, settled in a little, a little bit again. They're not in the top 25, but still kind of hanging around that, still receiving votes category. Um, so go on them. TCU with probably one of the most shocking games of the weekend uh, goes into Allen Fieldhouse and wins 83-60 to over Kansas. I mean, it wasn't even close. Um, so really surprising there. Uh, that one, um, Jalen Wilson, again, another great game for Kansas, but just wasn't enough. TCU just looked like a more complete team. Uh, Kansas giving the ball up too much, uh, a lot of turnovers, and really just you know the frogs were, were rolling from the start. So really great win for TCU. Um, you know, I, I think it says more about TCU than it does Kansas, but again, um, and we'll get into last night's results as well, but Kansas on a little bit of a skid here, and they got to kind of settle into, you know, figuring a couple things out if they still want to be competitive at the top. Now, Grant, I do think that this kind of Kansas team is a little bit more what people kind of expected this year going in, um, you know, after losing so much from last year's team, but at the same time, when you know you've shown that you can perform at a very, very high level, you know, top three, top five kind of level this year, um, already this season, I think you got to kind of follow that through. Obviously, Big Twelve is a gauntlet. They're playing a ridiculously tough schedule. This stretch of games that they're in right now, they play um, every team that plays a top fifteen team, aside from Baylor and Kentucky, uh, and both those games are on the road over a stretch of eight games. So, like that's, I mean, that's ridiculous. Um, you're bound to lose some in there, uh, but three in a row now with the loss to Baylor last night. Really, really tough stretch there. So, Jayhawks got to figure some things out. Really great win, though, for TCU to kind of rejoin that conversation for uh, Big 12 regular season champions as well. So, good for the Horned Frogs there. Oklahoma State got an upset um, at home against Iowa State. Really, again, just to more further jumble up that uh, the top of that Big 12 there. Because um, Iowa State seems to be kind of separating as one of the better teams in the conference. Uh, but you can't drop games to Oklahoma State. Like, that's a, that's a team that's going to you know probably finish near the bottom, if not in last place in the conference this year. Um, so, yeah, got to win games like that. Arizona defense home court wins 58-52 over UCLA. Um, this was a great game. I really enjoyed watching this one. Um, I think Arizona really uh, showed up when it was time, and, and it, it further proved that those are the two best teams in the Pac-12 by far. Arizona State will probably still make the tournament, um, kind of sneak in you know, towards the towards the end of the field. Um, but outside of that, I think UCLA and Arizona, both those games now when they go to Poly here in a few weeks, um, it's going to be a great game that you're going to have to circle on your calendar as well. So, Some fun stuff out west there. Um, and then outside of that, uh, those were really the big ones um, for Saturday. So, Graham, um, kind of from that Thursday to Saturday, um, what, what, what were kind of your biggest takeaways really from the weekend um, or at least the Saturday of results? Yeah, on Thursday, I think the most notable result and what, it's going to be one of the most notable results of the year um, Loyola Marymount taking it to Gonzaga on the road. Um, Evan and I were both like looking it up in the evening, like the longest like home winning streaks, and Gonzaga. This was like one of, the, I think it was the sixth longest. But in terms of like the modern era, this was the longest home winning streak of all time. Um, there's a there's a Kentucky, there's a UC, a St. Bonaventure, 
Um, but all from like the 40s, 50s, 60s, part of the 70s, yeah, UCLA like in the 70s. UCLA. Um, so th- that was pretty like unbelievable um, that uh, Gonzaga dropped a game at home. Um, it's also just a testament to um, like how dominant they have been um, like the last 10 years. Uh, so that's really insane to think about. It puts it in perspective how good Gonzaga's been um, in conference play. Uh, Arizona, after you know having a few like shaky games, has really pieced it together with that huge win over USC, and then uh, hosting UCLA and playing a very very well put together game. Um, that looked great for them. Charleston on Thursday was down at halftime to Monmouth great shout um and opened the game on a 10-0 run and ended up outscoring Monmouth by 17 in the second half um Rain Smith scores like had seven three-pointers and at 30 points like they are just been unbelievable um I think a lot of like these low power six teams are gonna have to become Charleston fans uh pretty quickly because they are building an unbelievable resume in terms of their dominance, winning um, 19 straight games, uh, single-handedly one of the best uh, teams in terms of record in college basketball. And if they just like don't drop a game or maybe drop one game in the Colonial, and then they don't win their tournament, yeah, like that's gonna, stealer. That's gonna screw away someone, um, big time. Also, looking at Florida Atlantic, they're now eight and zero in the Conference USA. Um, they're eighteen and one at the time. It's like, well, that's another one. Like, Conference USA probably will get like two teams, but at the same time, like that might really uh, mess someone up come Selection Sunday if they aren't able to win their tournament. So, question for you: Who do you think is going to end up with a higher seed, Charleston or FAU? Um, I think Charleston will. Um, just because of like their style of play, mm-hmm. like I think that, like the Ken Palms of the world and the Hazel metrics are kind of becoming, and net, the net rankings are, kind of showing that like that does impact you. I mean, coaches are looking at it and like how good that yeah. your resume looks come tournament time. And I think just the way that Charleston's so efficient, I think that might draw some heads to uh, look their way. Um, moving on. Uh, TCU in Kansas, that was just an utter shock. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess from the Kansas perspective, like I wasn't all that surprised that the Jayhawks lost that game. Like I knew it was a very losable game. TCU was a very good team. It just, I mean, it wasn't even close. Yeah. Now uh, that, that was unbelievable that TCU was able to um, win that convincingly, um, and. Uh, also, you know, looking in the Big 12, uh, Kansas State has looked really well. They got a big win um, over Texas Tech. Uh, I think that Kansas State is the best team in the Big 12 right now, and it's, I think it's pretty convincingly the way that they've been able to um, kind of run the gauntlet right now. But, you know, the Big 12, as we've talked about time and time again, um, like the seven teams – that are going to be duking it out at the top are just really, really good. I mean, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, 
Texas Tech, I don't think are that good. West Virginia is probably slipping yeah. into that a little bit. Yeah, They're one and five in the conference, I think. Um, but unfortunately for Xavier, of course. Yeah, but when you just look at like, there are no off games. I mean, we yeah. could say all you want about the Big East and how difficult it is, and which it is. I mean, the environments and road games are extremely difficult, but the level of talent in the uh, Big Twelve right now is pretty insane yeah i mean it shows with you know just a, a great example was you know on saturday with iowa state losing at um at oklahoma state you know like that's probably going to be the worst team in the conference this year and they just took a game off of a team that's probably gonna finish top three in the conference i would guess um so yeah that's a really good really good example of that there um and then moving on to sunday uh down down goes number one uh, the Owls. So shocking. Yeah, the Owls just came in to Houston and played an unbelievable game. Um, it was down to the wire and was decided by one point. Um, I think that was a moment when I was like, what is the AP poll going to look like? <laughs> right. Um, and I was kind of confused why Houston wasn't punished a little bit more. Um, I mean... If you look at like Xavier, we we lose a quad three game on the road at DePaul, a little bit better of a team than Temple, um, and we and dropped seven spots. We dropped five spots, five spots. outside the top ten too. And I mean Houston that tells some weight. Three, yeah, um, at home to a worse team. So that was a little bit interesting. Um, Purdue. Uh, gain a win over Maryland, and we were all high on Maryland at the start of the season. They've kind of fizzled out. That game was close, though. Like I, it was kind of sneaky. I it's funny because I wasn't even really paying any attention to the Houston Temple game. Like I think we were sitting on the couch when we got the notification. Like not even watching the game. I don't even know what we were doing, but we weren't paying attention. Um, but the Purdue Maryland game, I did kind of have an eye on. I was like, you know, Maryland could get sneaky. Um, but yeah, it wasn't wasn't even yeah. close. And all the bracketology experts are having the Big Ten being seven, eight, nine bid conference. In the current AP poll, they have one team in the top twenty five. And that's what I don't get is like, like, and again, we can you know you could discuss this all you want. You could look at all the Ken bombs and the metrics and whatever. But like, if you put up like Oklahoma State or Oklahoma or West Virginia or whoever, pick your bottom three in the Big Twelve against the bottom the bottom ones in the Big Ten that there are getting projected to make the tournament right now, like Maryland. Like, I think all the Big 12 teams will win those games. Maybe I'm wrong, and I don't know if you think differently. Um, but, yeah, like Maryland or Northwestern or Penn State, like all those teams are getting projected in the in the field right now. And I just feel like, I don't know, obviously it's going to be difficult because it's gonna be, it would be really hard to justify a Big 12 team with four or five conference wins to get in. Um, but I guess I feel that, a five-win Big 12 team is about on the same level as an eight or nine-win Big 10 team in the in their conference. Yeah, um, I I would much rather just give it to a smaller conference. Well, for sure, I think we're both on the same page in that. But if you're splitting hairs between the two, like I, I would probably favor the Big 12. But I, that's also a Big 12 bias of my from my perspective. Uh, on Monday, uh, Kansas. Losing his th- third straight. We were talking uh, right before the pod that this is only like the fourth time Bill Self's time at Kansas that he's lost three in a row. He's never lost four in a row. Um, and now they get to go uh, to Kentucky. Um, and I think that is a great opportunity for both teams. 
Um, Kentucky's trying to get like their mojo back, and they've looked really good um, past couple games. Um, at the same time, Kansas needs a, a big win to kind of like sell their feet before they you know they have to play. Um, at home, home K State home at K Iowa State, State home uh, Texas. Yeah, they they have a really really rough three games coming up after the Kentucky game. So big statement win versus a relatively reputable team would yeah. be huge for them. Like Kentucky will probably still make the tournament. Yeah, uh, and Kentucky needs a big win. I like keep their momentum going. So that's going to be a great game. Uh, and then out west in the Mountain West, we had um, a court storming. There was a storm warning in Nevada. Yeah, a double overtime game. Nevada wins by three. Um, that was a really, really interesting double overtime game. There's like two or three times where a call could have gone either way. Um, and just, it's just like, what are you supposed to do? Like, it could have gone either way. A little bit messy in those close games. And then on top of it, New Mexico has a opportunity to win they have the ball less than 10 seconds ago and they just couldn't get a quality shot up um that that game very well could have gone into triple overtime uh and would have been ending way past midnight eastern um but nevada gets a big win um good for the wolf pack i think that mountain west is in prime position to have um just as many bids as last year so uh, it will be interesting to see how that goes. The Tuesday games are underway. Just want to let you know that Florida State is really bad and is down 41 to 19. And Ooh. there's seven minutes to go in the first half. Wow. All right, well, other games to keep an eye on tonight um, that we'll talk about on next week's edition of the pod. Um, probably just the big one. 5v12 Kansas State versus Iowa State. It's on ESPNU. What are we doing? Well, what's on ESPN? We was the Australian Open. Like what? Like what are we doing? Like, did you see? I don't know if I talked to you about this yet. Kansas is playing Kansas State next Monday or next Tuesday, right? They're both as of right now. It's five versus nine in the rankings. It's on ESPN Plus. What are we doing? And we're showing Duke Wake Forest and Kentucky Ole Miss instead. Unreal. Thank God. Right, yeah, I can't wait for that Kentucky Ole Miss game. Definitely gonna tune into that one. So, anyways, all right, we'll leave it at that. But that's that's to, that's tonight's <laughs> schedule. Um, tomorrow, obviously, the headliner Xavier UConn will be a good one. Um, so that'll that'll be some some good action there, uh, for our Big East fans and for ourselves. Um, keep your eye. This I know this is sneaky. Keep your eye on Thursday. Purdue's going to go play at Michigan, a really, really not good Michigan team. But I don't know. I just got a sneaky feeling that that game might be close. Um, I could see Purdue losing one of these at some point, um, somewhere down the stretch. So keep an eye on that one. Um, And then Saturday, pretty good slate. We got the Big 12 SEC Challenge, which is always fun. Um, A lot of good games for that. Uh, So Auburn, West Virginia. Um, Obviously, Xavier plays Creighton that day as well. Uh, and then we also have Alabama, Oklahoma, Iowa State, Missouri, um, Arkansas, Baylor. Uh, that'll be a really good game. Very excited for that one. Uh, TCU, Mississippi State should be pretty good too. Um, and then we also have Tennessee, Texas, and Kansas, Kentucky are kind of the headliners that night. Don't sleep on that Florida, Kansas State game. And then, of course, the West Coast nightcap, St. Mary's, BYU. So a good slate on Saturday. Very excited for that. Um, also, what are we doing? Why, why isn't Kansas playing Mizzou? 
in the SEC Big Twelve. Like scrap the scrap the non-con series, and just have them play in the Big Twelve SEC every year. I feel like that'd be more because it's during conference play. Like it'd be more. Well, that way they can put like Kansas versus Kentucky, For sure. Kansas versus Alabama, something yeah. more fun. I, well, it, we've played Kentucky every year in it, so I'd be interested to see if that ever that ever changes. So, anywho, all right, let's get back. Um, let's wrap it with the Musketeer minute. Graham, what do you see? All right, sorry about that. We lost the lost the recording there for a second, but we are good. We're back and rolling again. Um, all right, so we were talking Musketeer minute. Um, Graham, I'm turning to you. Over this next three game stretch, so we got UConn on the road on Wednesday, we've got Creighton on the road on Saturday, and then we have Providence at home next Wednesday. What do you think is a good record? Like, so, so if you were to Right on three levels here. Great record, fine record. You, you know, where would you rate each one? Like a three and zero, a two and one, or excuse me, a two and one, a one and two, or an zero oh and three. You know, how would you rate each of those records? I think since we're at the middle of the season, kind of changes the way I view this. Um, if I if it was at the end of the season, I'd be. Like, more on the edge of, like, if we go one and two, it's fine. Like, you're just kind of skating by. Um, but starting from the top three and no would be unreal. Like, that's top five team in the country. Insane momentum uh, going in towards the second half of the season. Um, usually in the past couple of years, it's, like, late January, like, away game stretch heading into February's been where the implosion has been. Um and if we're able to get three huge games, I mean, that would just be unreal. Um, so 3-0, and I think you're jumping for joy and, you know, like you're like buying your three nights. Buy stock now. You're, you're buying three, like, three nights in a hotel in New York if, if, if you go 3-0, and in my opinion. That's a good shout. Um, you go 2-1, and one, I, I think that's perfectly fine no matter which one you lose um these are three really really good teams three tournament caliber teams um we've talked a lot about how UConn's been on this skid not been what they were even when we played them on New Year's Eve Creighton has not been what they were sought out to be at the start of the season but they still have all the talent in the world um we play them on their um Cancer Awareness Night. Uh, it's a really special thing that they do in Omaha. Um, you know, the team wears pink, coaches wear suits, uh, the entire crowd's wearing pink t-shirts. It's a really special night um, for the Creighton Blue Jays. Um, so that's a tough game. So you need UConn, really talented team. They need a big statement win to get back on their feet. Creighton's really talented. They have that special game. And um, Providence is kind of flying under the radar. They've dropped a few games. And we're going to have a number, especially if we go 2-0. So those are all three really, really good games that if you lose, as long as you put up a fight, I don't see a problem with. Um, I think the goal would be realistically go 2-1 and one and you're fine. But the way, I, the way we match up, the way that this season has gone, to expect anything less than 3-0 and I think is like a disservice to what we've been able to do at the start of um, Big East play. So you would say that one and two is a is a clear disappointment. Yeah, I'd say one and two is a disappointment just based on what we've done, but it isn't like time to panic. 
Um, oh, and three wouldn't be time to panic either, or is it pretty close? Oh, oh and three, I think you have to kind of get a hard reset um, before you play St. John's and at Butler. Um, I, I think oh and three. I mean, that is terrible in my opinion. Right, I think I the talent and what we've been able to do this year will be a complete disservice um, and huge cause for concern. You go one and two, it's not a big deal. I think you could chalk it up to, I mean, that's a tough schedule. At least we got one. Now we play St. John's, um, which is a lot and less than Butler, a lot less formidable um, than UConn, Creighton, and Providence. But I think two and one is completely realistic. Um, I think you leave those three games feeling satisfied. Um but I mean, at the end of the day, three and zero should be the goal. It's not like um, you know we have to play like Houston, Alabama, and like Kansas State. You no, know, back to back to back. Right. Like these are three teams that we are above in the Big East rankings. We've beaten UConn. We've beaten Creighton for a reason. Like we are on paper the better team right now. Well, that's, and that's was- a great thing to say. Yeah. Um, that's not been the case for the past couple of years. For sure. And, and that's the other thing I was going to say, too. I think it's it the scheduling to some extent really helps us here that we've got two teams that we know we can beat, that we have beat before, right? So you play at UConn, at Creighton. Two difficult games, but definitely games that you know going in, like, we can beat this team. If you get enough momentum going and, and get those two huge road wins, then I think it's enough to kind of get rolling downhill into a, a difficult task with Providence, not only because they're a good team, but also we haven't seen them yet. So I think that's definitely a, a huge piece as well um, in, in getting some momentum going into maybe the most difficult test of the three. Obviously being at home, yes, helps, but still a team that we haven't seen yet um, can definitely make it a little bit more of a, of a tough first matchup. Yeah. So, all righty, well, that will wrap us up. Looking forward to a great week of hoops. I mean, seriously, um, it, it, this is a, a big stretch for Xavier, and I think the most confident I think any Xavier fan can say they've felt uh, going into a stretch like this in the past few years. So really excited for it. Um, and here we are late January. I mean, it's coming up. March is around the corner, brother. So we are we are coming up on it. Looking forward to it. Thank you all for joining us as always. And we will get back to you next week uh, with kind of your normally scheduled pod somewhere Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, middle of the week there. Get your info. Get in, get out. Um, and then we will uh, continue on as we get closer and closer to the the big March Madness previews and all the conference tournaments and all the you know the best parts of, of college basketball that we love. So thank you all again for joining us, and we will catch you all next week. Cheers.